1: Welcome to the No Guilt Mom podcast. I am your host, Joanne Crone, joined here by the lovely Brienne Tucker. Oh, you pulled out the whole name again. I pulled out the Anne. Hello, Breanne. hello. Yeah,
0: maybe Joanne I, and Brienne. I went off my thing. Yeah, I know that is funny. But you know that if mm-hmm. I start going by my full name and the way I spell it, people will start misspelling your name or mine. Totally. It'll be one of the two because mine's Anne. Like we both have a capital A in the middle of our name. But mine's A N N E and yours is A N N. Yep. I could go by Joe. Joe's Joe's what some people call Isn't me. Isn't that crazy? It's weird. Some people call me Joe. Some people call me right. Joe. Right. I've known you for so long. And whenever I hear anybody call you Joe, it still seems weird to me. Because I'm like Josh no. calls me Joe. Josh calls me Joe. And so like any so friends. So does our friend Shayna? Of... Yeah. And, I guess
2: Shayna
0: calls you And me, I've yeah. known you slightly longer than Shayna has, and yet mm-hmm. I still feel like you are Joanne. <laughs> I usually introduce myself as
1: Joanne and Joe is picked up if unless it's a nickname
0: somebody calls me or
1: if they hear it my husband call me it. And that's when that's when the Joe comes out.
0: Man, sure. I don't think I've had anybody call me by a nickname since I was like when I was younger my my sister would call me Breezy. Oh. Yeah, Breezy Brianne. Nope. just Breezy. Just breezy. Just, <laughs> just Breezy. Breezy. Come here. Just, and I Breezy it was, we- I- yeah. And actually, now that I think about it, she does still occasionally, because I can see her handwriting, writing Breezy on things all the time. I think that was the only nickname oh. I ever had was Breezy. Oh, yeah. I had D because, but from my little sister.
1: Oh, okay. I was D because my parents called me Joannie. And so it was she could... D. She heard the D. And that was my name. But I.
0: And then yeah, do your parents still call you thinking... Joannie? No. Oh, okay.
1: No, they call me Joanne.
0: They don't call you Joanne? Yeah, it's funny.
1: No. That's crazy. No, no, no. <laughs> no one but Josh and, and people, other people call me Joe. Wow. That was the name that came after high school and college. That's crazy. No one in high school called me Joe either. It's weird. It's weird how things happen. And this conversation has nothing to do with our topic for today. <laughs> so it's totally fine. It's totally fine. It's what we do over here. Yep. We're talking about yoga. Yes. <laughs> the yoga of parenting. And it, it's super interesting because we really get into anger and how yoga isn't really this calm thing that but it's becoming present in the moment and honoring your emotions. And we're talking with Sarah Ezrin, who's the author of The Yoga of Parenting. She's a world-renowned yoga educator and mama of two toddler boys. She's a yoga teacher and writer with a focus on mental health and parenting and the intersections between the two. So if you're feeling anger right now, or if you're feeling like you're trying all the things and you're failing and you're wondering what the issue is, this is the episode for you. So we hope you enjoy our interview with Sarah you want mom life to be easier that's our goal too our mission is to raise more self-sufficient and independent kids and we're going to have fun doing it we're going to help you delegate and step back each episode will tackle strategies for positive discipline making our kids more responsible and making our lives better in the process Welcome to the No Guilt Mom podcast. Welcome to the podcast, Sarah. It is so great to have you on
3: so wonderful to be here. I know we were already like, we did our whole pre-chat before. <laughs> it's
1: like, we did. Like, it's like the awkward transition into the podcast. I don't like, <laughs> it's not my fit because I'm like, okay, what do we talk about? And how do we get this in? And <laughs> what do we do? And that's like my crazy mind. But you've written a great book called The Yoga of Parenting, which I hope that is is aiming to calm crazy minds. So, or to embrace.
3: Like, to embrace. To embrace
0: and <laughs> to mind. figure out a way to harness that. Into yes. a positive,
3: yes. to a, a useful tool. Yes. Yes. How old are your kids, Sarah? So my youngest is 16 months. And then my oldest is three and three quarters. I just taught him how to say that. And it's the cutest thing ever. But three you know, and th- three three three? Quarters. we keep saying three and a quarter, three quarter, a quarter, a quarter, but he's turning four in December. Oh my gosh. So that's what I was just saying. We were saying right before is like, you know, certain business endeavors, like leading yoga retreats I haven't done in four years because of five years because I, I was pregnant for, for most of that time. So and that does uh, make
0: it hard. Yeah. That does make traveling and doing a retreat by yourself very difficult.
3: <laughs> very difficult. But we're getting Having there. We're slowly breaking out. You know, I'm, I'm like, it, I get to do, um, uh, in one of the, for the book tour, I'm going to go to Montreal for one night by myself, which is like... <gasps> You know so we're we're slowly getting there again, but um, but I also love being with them, and I like bringing them everywhere too, so right, traveling yeah. with kids. Joanne is fantastic with that. You have so much
1: experience. it's so much easier when they're older, Sarah <laughs> <laughs> like, I remember the plane flights with my kids, like I think the the youngest I took my daughter on a long one one and a half when we went back from Minnesota, and it was like a three hour four hour flight, and I was ready to murder my husband because. <laughs> Like I was sitting next to my daughter and he was sitting across the aisle with his headphones on the entire flight. (laughs) And I was like, I was like, this doesn't fly. We've, we've learned a lot (laughs) since then. And he would never do that now. Never. But oh, it was a big source of discussion (laughs) because kids change things.
3: Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean my, and this is out of context of the airplane, but I will do this on the airplane when we fly in September is if I need him and he's off somewhere, you know, else in the bathroom, then I bring the kids to him. I'm there like, I, I have to bring them to knock, him knock, knock. because they're exactly, they don't always know that like they should be coming out and, and offering and taking initiative, which is its own thing. So you gotta, you just bring them to them. So if they're, right. if they're across oh, yeah. from the aisle with this headphones on, I will be just handing children over across the aisle, I will make sure that we each split time, you know,
0: I love that you're already aware that mind reading is (laughs) not going to be one of his top skills. I Mm. I do the tap out. The tap out is good. I will say
1: to him, I'm like, I need to tap out. And he's like, okay, (laughs) Like (laughs) everyone goes over that way. And it's so funny because kids realize who the available parent is, Mm. who the one who is constantly on alert and looking for things to jump in. And usually I mean, it's mom mm-hmm. and they will still come to mom. Like even my kids will still come to me first. And even now I'm like, Hey,
0: so dad's here. Can't wait, go to him. Can We share what <laughs> happened a couple of weekends ago when we did a, a girl's pool day that you were getting, that you were getting text messages from one of your kiddos and your husband was home and you weren't home and they were texting. Oh you. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. And I like took a screenshot of the text and I said, Hey, can you go check on him? This is going on. He's like, Oh, I didn't even know. No, he, I'm
0: like, cause the kid, cause your kid
3: wasn't even registering him to talk to you, to talk to him. There's like a warm body, a human being in the room with them. And they still, they're seeking out the mom that is outside of the home. It's amazing. Yep. It's amazing. It's amazing.
1: So obviously, with all of these demands and stuff on our time, Sarah, we need ways to calm down.
3: <laughs> We need ways to calm down. All the ways. Many tools.
1: Yes. All the ways. So how can yoga help us with this when we have so many demands on us?
3: Well, I think it, it helps to figure out which part of yoga we're talking about, right? Because like, when I say yoga, people automatically assume, oh, a pose, yeah, or like- you have to be like in a class. Exactly. But yoga is actually how we live our lives. It's, it's really ultimately when you look at the root of the word and you look at all the different practices of yoga, because there's breath practices, meditation, mantra, even there's something called karma yoga, which is like giving back. So when you're being of service, like all those things are forms of yoga. And it really, when you get down to the root of it, what's, what is it that you're doing? Well, you're connecting, you're connecting with someone else or you're connecting with your deeper self. So Coming back to that source, like remembering that over and over and over again, that is the key to finding that grounding, to finding that calm. So, for example, you know, when we are the parent that is not there and we're getting the text messages, it's being connected enough to ourselves and our own energy tank to take a second, and be like, okay, I can't answer this right now. I don't need to answer this right now. Remember, we were talking about the stress response earlier too, and like the fight or mm-hmm. flight with the reactive part, the non-yoga practice would be like me firing off the text message to the kid to answer and then firing off a text message to my husband to be like, where are you? Yeah. But instead, that was me. Yeah. <laughs> and, and which is so we are human, right? This is, this is what we do. But what if we had a practice where we could actually pause for a second, feel our body, take a breath and be like, I, and it sounds like that's what you did. Like you, you were like, I can't answer this right now. You were also in the home. Um, how can you help with this? And, and it was just that deeper connection to what you needed, the deeper connection to what the kid needed in that moment. And then of course, having this more, you know, I'll put air quotes because you know we're human and we're moms is the calm response, the calm-ish response to our partner, if that's applicable. Yeah. But it's really like, that was a yoga practice. That whole scenario was a yoga practice. You were like tuned in, you breathe, you sent your message, you know? So yeah, I think like, it's, it's just kind of changing what we think of as yoga and realizing that we're doing yoga all the time, every day as parents.
1: in your podcast app. That's Understood Explains, or just click on the link in our show notes.
0: Shout out to Clarendon for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. Hey guys, Brie here. And let me tell you, April is a killer time of the year for me because it is crazy allergy season. I swear, everything that is in bloom looks fantastic and beautiful, but it makes it so I can't breathe. I am literally coughing, sneezing, rubbing my nose. I look like Rudolph half of the spring. It's terrible. But luckily for those of us who live with symptoms of allergies like I do, we live Claritin Clear with Claritin D. Designed for serious allergy sufferers, Claritin D has two powerful ingredients and just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear.
1: Yeah. And you're right. because I wouldn't associate that with yoga. I would mm-hmm. associate only with the physical aspect of yoga. So it's interesting to to hear that.
3: I would name that as mindfulness, mm-hmm. but are they kind of synonymous So mindfulness is, and Jon Kabat-Zinn is like a phenomenal mindfulness teacher, and they've done a lot of research on this. UCLA, they have a whole mindfulness center. But so much of mindfulness comes from the Buddhist tradition, so, you know, and in the, in the yoga yoga philosophy and specifically the type that I teach, it comes more from, I mean, if, if you have to look at it from a, you know, a higher, you know, it started in the Hindu philosophy, but it's its own philosophy practice of yoga. So there are just two very different schools, but Buddha, like when you learn about him as Siddhartha, right? And if you've, you've read that Herman Hesse novel that we all read in high school, he was a yoga practitioner first. So there's a lot of carryover and a lot of connection. I mean, really it comes down to forget the religion of it, forget, you know, any of the terms is what do you do every day to get present and to connect? And that is different, you know, across the board as far as what we call it, but it's all the same practice, right? So whether it's like I come from the Jewish faith, right? Whether it's, you know, when we're like in synagogue and, and, you know, singing together, or, you know, my husband is completely like agnostic and like no connection to anything, you know, and and his is just feeling into his plants as he's gardening. It's whatever that thing is that gets you present and connected. That's what it is. So it can be mindfulness. It can be yoga. It can be connection, but it's all really the same thing. Is there
0: something, is there something about being agnostic and liking plants? Because that's my husband too. He's (laughs) very, he's a plantaholic man. And that does help him like ground and feel there. I'll see him going around the house, watering his plants and he's breathing
3: and yep. Checking him out. It's so funny. I mean, we're also like, so he's also culturally Jewish too. So we had a Jewish wedding. Culturally, it's different. But he like, you know, when we talk about universe or, you know, the God word, he can't. He's allergic to those conversations. (laughs) But he did... But then yeah. he is all about, you know, these little life forces, these little beings and his yeah. plants. So I don't yeah. know. I mean, I just, you know, I think it's just that interconnection that that we have with each other and, yeah. and with everything around us and with nature. And I'm like, this is universe. I don't, he makes fun of me for saying everything's universe and source. And so I'm like, but that is it. That is it. You were doing <laughs> the same thing.
1: It kind of makes sense to name that as the universe and the force, and I, mean, I, force. I like that interpretation of it. The in a non-Star Wars <laughs> yes. kind of source, kind of way. energy, of the source, the source. But I like
3: source. force too. I like force. The force, force <laughs> the source. Awesome. Oh, I heard that wrong. The source, so, <laughs> but maybe you know <laughs> it's force. like whatever, whatever you want to name it. You know, I'm I come from a family of alcoholics and addicts, and a lot of people are in the program of AA, and I'm in Al-Anon, which is for the children, and sisters, wives, et cetera, of, of alcoholics. And so we talk about like higher power, right? It's whatever you you decide it can be, it it doesn't have to be like a man in the sky. It doesn't have to be a particular religion. It doesn't have to be organized by anything. It can be your plants. It can be the ocean. It can be whatever. It can Mm -hmm. be the forest. It can be the source. It can be universe. It's just that, you know, when you feel into something that's greater than us, right? Um, So yeah, this got really esoteric really quick. I know.
0: I I know. But you need that as a parent. We will
3: take it there. You need
0: to find that things are not 100% in your control because as a parent, when we think, when we get into that mindset and I know Joanne will have a million things to say on this, like when you get into that mindset that it's all in your control, yes. then all of a sudden you're the problem and it's, and it's, and you're guilty and you're shameful and it's not a pretty place, that dark place that a lot of us end up in.
1: Well, I think it's because we've been conditioned to do all the things as moms. And so connecting to something that is not in your power and acknowledging that really helps, especially when it comes to guilt and shame. And I know in your book, you talk about intrusive thoughts and those fears and worries. So something I find so interesting in your book is that you take a yoga practice, like for instance, in this part, it was cat-cow. And you say how it relates to intrusive thoughts. So can you tell us a little bit about
3: like, how does cat cow
1: relate to controlling intrusive thoughts and fears?
3: I mean, I think you hit the nail on the head with especially, I don't love to gender it, but let's be real. It's on the moms, right? In Especially mm-hmm. in this country of do it all, control it all, which means that you are the cause and also you are the solution, which is a lot. Mm-hmm. And I'm making air quotes because that's yeah. not reality, We are not the only solution. And it, it, there's a lot of yoga is about trusting in it's, it's, it's what we would call it like non-attachment, which I know can sound really cold. Mm -hmm. So I like, I like even don't even want to use that term, but it really is like kind of letting go and surrendering. And I feel like cat cow, that's a kind of pose where you can, you can feel that any balance pose. So it's like, you, you show up, you do the work, you are present, right? You feed your kids, you get them up, you have the schedule, you get them out the door, you get them to school. But then at a certain point, you got to kind of like, you know, you throw your hands up and trust that there's a greater practice and a greater process that's happening out there. And that's that's what that non-attachment piece is. So when we think about the idea of cat-cow, cat-cow specifically, I use because it's more, it's raining in the mind to be like, okay, I'm I'm opening up to something and I'm closing down to something. And you're just starting to ride what is reality, which is that everything is constantly changing all the time. We're not in control of anything. And it's terrifying as moms. It's the scariest, hardest reality to grasp. You know, this thing is living outside of us that is a piece of us and our heart, but they are not ours. They are not in our control. And all we can do is show up and be present and love and connect and set limits appropriately and then the rest is that trust process and you know so if you can feel it oh, in your body just the flow of like showing up and letting go right breathing in and breathing out it's just one way to remind ourselves that we are really part of this much bigger fabric right that that force as we said it's we are <laughs> just in the flow right which is which is tough yeah
1: it is it is tough because I mean, true gender wise, we are not totally in control, but also we've all been fed this message that it's all on us and it's all our fault. And it's crazy because you just see like media articles, for instance, and I won't name who this is, but somebody who said that they felt it was important for one parent to be at home when the child is zero to four so that the child is raised with that family's values. And I was reading this and I'm like, well, you sure were not the one home (laughs) with this child. It was your wife. And that's the message I think that we get as women, that we're responsible for how our kids behave. We're responsible for the values that they have. And so all this pressure is on us to get it right. And it's so hard to let go, as you said. And I love how yoga that it reminds you because I don't it's funny with cat cow <laughs> when you first said that I'm like so cat cow I just have to trust it's doing
3: something because I don't feel it doing anything <laughs> when I'm doing it. It's so funny because it does seem like such a like a placeholder, right? You're like, what am I doing yeah. here?
1: But I think it's, like, just it's time for Cat Cow again. <laughs> oh,
3: oh Which by the way though, like being 16 months postpartum, having had a shoulder surgery, like all these injuries, having oh. very little time, cat cow is now my favorite pose that I do because I can really? do all these different things in it. Oh yeah. And I used to be like, I got to do major backbends and I got to stick my leg behind my head. And I'm like, no, just give me a cat cow. Give me a child's pose because you're just, you're learning how to to sit back into the, into the flow of it, which, you know, back to your point, Joanne is like, we are told that we have to do everything, but then we're not being supported by the greater system, right? The greater system is designed for one parent to stay at home, but I read the, this, you know, it was talking about millennials specifically and, you know, and and maybe even later Gen X, which is that we were all told we could do it all. We could have the career. We could be the mom. We could yeah. do this. But then the system never changed. It's still, why does school still get out? I mean, at 2 p.m., right? I, but, I'm... like, most work days end at 8 why are my kids on summer break? What is this summer break insanity that no one mm-hmm. prepared me for, but I'm not on summer break for my jobs. Right? I'm hearing so shades
0: like... of Eve Rodsky in there. there <laughs> I with love the, Eve. Right? She's one of my favorites. But oh the whole, God. we're oh, told we can do it all, but then the system yes. is not made to support us in that. Well, it's a system that's really
1: failed us because mm-hmm. especially here in the US, we do not have the supports that other countries like Finland do yep. in terms of what they oh. give their parents. In fact, U.S. is built on women and the unpaid labor of women. But what I also love and I'm very hopeful about is that this is becoming more of a conscious thing for people, especially with the Barbie movie. Did you see it, Sarah? I have seen
3: it. So no, don't say Oh it. my I'm gosh. Go so behind. Go watch it. Go I know. watch I'm like it. Every, I, I'm dying to go. And I'm like, I've, I've somehow ignored everything. I haven't read anything. So I'm like, I, really? I know. I I know. I don't know how okay. I've done it. I've had my head in the sand. I like yeah. to say Barbie and I'm like, la, la, la. Yeah, I cannot wait.
1: I will. Yeah. I'll just say like it brings stuff to the forefront and it being such a popular movie. I'm like, yes, Yes. finally, we could talk about this, but it's true. So much is on us. And I love this thing of connecting and letting go, but there's also this anger that arises within us too, because when you see that the system isn't designed to support you and the system is really keeping you down, especially with the laws that are being made in our country, it doesn't support women whatsoever. I mean, when that anger comes up, I'm assuming that there is something we can do yoga-wise to kind of help us work through it. So what do you suggest in terms of anger and releasing anger? I mean, I'm so glad you bring
3: it up, right? Because uh, there is some misconceptions in the wellness world that, you know, when you do yoga, you're never angry and you're always calm. That hasn't worked for me. (laughs) That is a misconception, right? I mean, yes, maybe if you were meditating in a cave somewhere and not of the world, but we are all participating in the world every day. And as parents, like we call it the householder stage, right? Like we have to have uh, earn a, an income and earn a living. Mm-hmm. It's actually thought of as like a spiritual path because this is how you're living your truth. You know you earn your income so you could do what you're meant to do. You two are changing lives right and everything that you put out there. but you have to show up and you have to work in order to do that. so you know how are we reframing these things to understand that okay, we are a part of the world we got to be a part of the madness so what are we how are we using this as as power right and, and I think I thinks of kind of things with the force again it's like anger comes up it's a very natural and normal emotion i don't know if you read Brene brown's new book atlas of the oh, heart no not the new not one the newest, but most one of all her it. other books oh my yeah. gosh yeah and she talks about anger you know there's like a lot of like different different researchers think different things is anger a secondary emotion is it really anger right. comes out of fear is it coming out of this is it coming out of that well it does she says in the book she's like i don't care if it's secondary or primary it is an important emotion is what you do with it. So from a yogic perspective, anger is an activating force. Anger can be something that spurs change. And like we were saying about the Barbie movie or people feeling like, okay, I've had enough of this right now. So mm-hmm. there is ways to channel it. Now, if we're just being reactive and yelling at everybody, then you know there's no connection and that's not right. really working in
0: our favor. And it tends to but just make we... us more angry, honestly. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm.
3: And- right? Right. Like going
1: on fa- like going on social media and like sparting off things or doing the, as it's called, slacktivism, where it's like you repost everybody's stuff about mm-hmm. how things can change, but nothing's really changing.
3: I do that too, because I'm like, yeah, you repost the stuff about changing, but you're not yeah. actually changing. But it is, I think given the platforms that you have, don't stop doing that. Right. I, I would highly encourage you to keep posting the memes and keep posting yeah. the information because if that's all we can do, I mean, that's especially like when my youngest was, it was during COVID and, and Black Lives Matter movement with George Floyd. And that's all I could do. I wasn't, I couldn't go out and like march. Right. But I think that is a form of its own activism. And especially, you know, you two are so, you have such a wide reach. So please, please keep posting all the info but it's you know what are we doing with our anger and and i think what's what's just sucks and i is that you know as women when we get angry it's suddenly like oh she's such a you know what and then suddenly we're labeled as the angry one instead of somebody stopping and pausing and being like well what led to this, right? Uh Is it really postpartum rage or are we just completely unsupported in this country? Right. Is it Mm -hmm. really, you know, hormonal, you know, PMS, whatever people like to label it and it's always labeled with our hormones, or is it really that we're meant to be in a quiet space during that point in our cycle? And I don't know enough about cycles to like talk about it, but you know, we're not meant to just be go, 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 going all the time. No. And nobody's pausing to be like, how are we living with nature? And how are we connecting to ourselves? And and I think that's what the yoga can do is like, yes, it's cat cow. But it's also like, oh, I'm feeling a little tired today. I'm going to go a little slower. Yeah. I'm feeling really energized today. I'm going to add a couple things onto my plate. I'm in a period yeah. of, you know, generation and creation. I'm in a period of low and quiet and and I'm an I'm angry. Honoring it. So what am I? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Because there's great power there too. I mean, and and many, you know, there's a lot of believers out there, especially people that were raised in in the traditions of yoga that say yoga is activism. Like it's it's it goes hand in hand. It's not just being cool, you know, cool cucumbers the rest of your life. It is taking that force and that power and let's create change. I love that. And it's
1: something that both like women and men, like everybody can use because so often in our society, like our reactions do get attributed to hormones. Yeah. Uh, but men get anger and explosive outbursts, and, and like, it's just like, tell well, people to do things. And it's, oh, he's the boss. Okay. Oh, ma- make sure he- everything's done, else he'll get angry. And it's known as something accepted. And it's something that's okay when a woman gets angry. It's like she's a bossy little bitch. Like mm-hmm. that that's like and it's, it it runs both ways. Like I I call myself that when I get angry. And it's so ingrained in us to see ourselves that way. And I love what you're saying how yoga just accepts it and takes it and looks at the anger as like what can we do with this and how can we affect change. If you're a parent, I invite you to join us at the Mindful Mama podcast where it's all about becoming a less irritable, more joyful parent.
2: Get out of there, life
3: gunk. Let us help you get back to your best creative self. Look for Unsticking It with Blair and
2: Molly. Wherever you listen to podcasts starting in January, Unsticking It with Blair and Molly. Because sometimes life sucks.
3: Unsticking It. Yeah, I mean. Also, by the way, and again, I'm not an expert on this either. We'll have to find the experts on the hormone cycle of of our menstrual cycle. But also, like men have hormonal changes throughout the month. They do.
0: Oh. God, it's crazy having a boy going through that too. Because you think about it as your as your kids get older, I'll consider Joanne and I your ghosts of parenting future because we have yeah. like, older Please. kids. So, like when my son went through that that same age of preteen, he had emotional ups and downs that I would have said my daughter would have, because I'm like, all right, I know she's going through puberty. She's going to have these ups and downs with emotions, totally disregarding that for my son. And thank God I had it. My sister had mentioned to me, she's, I just want to let you know, you know, when your son gets older, he's going to like next year, he's going to probably start doing these things. And she's, and I was like, I never would have thought of that, that my son would be going through the emotional ups and downs of the hormones that you automatically tie into girls because of puberty. And because of menstrual changes, you don't even realize that it happens with boys. And it does. And
1: imagine the power if that was normalized right. with boys, Because then they would have more acceptance of it as well for themselves and not try to fight it as much. Right.
3: I think we are doing that. I mean, I think like like I've listened to your podcast and you the questions that you ask and the the people that you bring on, you know, we were just talking about Hunter Clark Field and like I think we are doing that. Like I feel like with my son, I'm not just like, okay, you know, just buck up, bro. Like we, yeah, I right. really honor his emotions and we're giving them languaging. So it'll be, I think it's going to take time, but it'll it be will. really interesting to see, you know, and I, I see it even with like my, my mother-in-law, you know, when she, when the kids were, were much younger and they would be crying and she'd be like, why are you crying? But like over the years we've told her, well, we actually, we don't mind him crying. We honor that emotion. And she, now she's like, you know, it's just much more in, Inquisitive about it, right? So it's I see it even changing generationally with the grandparents. That's fantastic. I That's mean, totally right. even my yeah. dad, even my dad who was like sent me an article saying, you know, there is, kids get more anxiety when you give them too many options. Like now, when I like sit back and watch him with my son, I see him like getting down and he's would you like the blue spoon or the pink spoon? Oh <laughs> my like, god. Because he knows he's gonna, you know, this is important. You know, it's it's important to name things and to give options and empower so i 'm really you know like you said joanne too is i 'm very hopeful for the future about yes. you know seeing where how these boys develop and how great for you that your sister told you that, right? The, and that you were open to it because there's so many families and, you know, in generations prior that would have just been like, nope, you know, but you were open to it and, and how much that changes the, the whole experience.
1: Yeah, it does. It changes the whole thing. Well, Sarah, this has been awesome. Talking about anger, talking <laughs> about all these emotions, getting like heated. I love it. But, and learning how to, to take that yoga practice a little bit deeper than what we think yoga is. So- Thank you so much for joining us here on the podcast. It has been amazing. Thank you both. Thank you
3: both so much. And yeah, I know, I think it's it's almost better. Like we talked about things that aren't even in the book, but it really is. It's just like, how are you living your life, right? How are you living your life? How are you feeling right now? And what you two do so beautifully is the when you're connecting to yourself, that that's your power source, right? That's not. It, it's not a source of guilt. It's not you being selfish. That it's it's the most important thing that we can do, and if that sometimes is like step away or take a break or you know whatever we need to do, that's what we need to do to take care of ourselves so that we are connected and can connect.
1: Love it, ditto, love it,
3: absolutely. Thanks.
1: <laughs> I talk to you soon. So I think we're both a little loopy right now because I was looking at my hair in the camera and how. First of all, I think my hair has grown. I think I've grown some hair back after COVID.
0: Oh yay! Which is great.
1: Yeah. Cause all the COVID stress was causing me to lose hair. And I definitely noticed like my hair is thicker, but I also like, have you ever made a hairstyle and you have to do specific things with your hair else? It'll look weird. Like with ponytails, I can't have a ponytail go back cause it looks really severe. I have to take out the hand strands on the ends. So I have this face framing. So it looks softer.
0: Oh yeah, probably with me. It's the, I can't do anything about my side part. If I do anything oh. but my side part, my hair looks weird. And I also have these little baby weirdo things up here. Look at that, Look at that little sucker! It never oh, grows. hair growth. Yeah, but oh. it doesn't grow any it's longer. Gross. It's been like this for about a year now, and not it's gotten weird. any longer. Done. Do huh. that, that? Like my hairstyles? She doesn't cut it because it already pops out a lot. So yeah, yeah we, it's trying to interesting take. the joys. And then, like you said, with hairstyles, like my hair. Yeah. We're in the summer here in Phoenix as we're recording this, and we're getting into monsoon season. We just started it. So this is the period where my hair goes naturally wavy, not straight, not curly, just a weird bedhead look 24-7. Thank you, yeah, get humidity. That too. I'll, have, I'll have strands of straight hair and then
1: strands of wavy hair, and I'll it's be crazy. like, what is going on? Can we make a decision, please?
0: It feels crazy. It makes you feel like you're, yeah, you're just nutty, 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 which- well, I guess I'll honor, I'll honor that I'm feeling crazy nutty and I'm not yeah. trying to say in a sarcastic way. I'm just like bringing it back. It's just after, uh, after the interview, after Sarah's, yeah. need to, I need to honor my emotions and be able to work through them. And I think I'm going to start working cat cow into my, my daily, like I normally, okay. So downward dog and child pose is normally my favorite. Cause I feel the most stretch out of them, but yeah. I think cat cow is going to be one that I'm going to add. And you know, you saw that I like to do paddleboard yoga. Yes,
1: Um, (laughs) as we did it at Shada's, and we both fell face first into the pool.
0: I can get into a pose. It's transitioning into a new pose that doesn't do well for me. I think I could do cat-cow. It's hard in a pool. It's harder in a pool than- That's what
3: makes it fun. But if you're going (laughs)
0: down a river, the river and like the current
1: of the river actually supports you because like when I was on a paddleboard, I was able to do like headstands. I was trying because the board was more supported and it was in a pool where you have these two concrete sides and you're like, oh my gosh, if I fall, I am going
0: straight first into the concrete instead of straight first into the water. It is. And so you don't want to try as much. There is a lot more of the, the, the movement in the water in a pool versus you're right versus doing it like yeah. on, I had a lot harder time transitioning and standing on my paddleboard in a pool than when I do it on the lake or yeah. in a river, I, I do much mm-hmm. better in those environments. Although, yeah, yeah. So, but I've also taken paddleboard awesome. yoga from. There's a local place here in Phoenix that does it. Desert paddleboards. I love her. She is amazing. And she has a special paddleboards that she uses that. Like oh, that anchor like shaped they, under you. Yeah, they anchor so that you're like, you could still fall off and into the water and it's very refreshing, but it's not her goal. And it does help keep it like more steady. But yeah, anyway. because if you guys saw Bri and I trying it, it would be like, we get up and you could see us wobbling and we're wobbling, wobbling. and Then boom, <laughs> like fall down. You know what? Maybe we'll make that into a, a, a video for you guys at some point. I don't know. You know, that would be Shayna got Shayna got out of that. Did you notice we were the only ones following her? She had, she had somewhere to go. She didn't want her hair to get wet. Oh, I'll give yes. her that. I'll give her that, man. That was, but yeah, we'll have to make everybody do it. That, that's our next girls get together. Paddleboard, yoga, and ice baths. Oh, paddleboard, yoga, and ice baths. Well, you know, <laughs> yes. And so it, For those of you guys that have listened to our back catalog, Tiffany Thason, she offered to come out and help host us with some ice baths. We're seriously considering it. And that's a big deal because Joanne's been trying. She's brought that up a few times to me and I'm like, hell no. Yeah. I'm I'm like, I need to go get
1: a bag of ice. We're mm-hmm. very water focused now.
0: I, yoga. She got me from hair to yoga to ice. She got so, me yeah. at that it's only three minutes and it'll give the same amount of calories burned as an hour of workout. I'm like, there.
1: Oh, really? There. Oh, you're like, sign me up. <laughs> It would be the longest three minutes of your life. <laughs> it
0: will be. And she's talking about childbirth. And I'm like, uh-huh. Both of my kids were with a C-section. And I didn't really go into labor with either of them because the first one was an emergency. And so, like, I didn't go through that. <laughs> I feel like I dodged yeah. something. <laughs>
1: It's so funny with childbirth because I wanted a natural birth with my second and I didn't because he was breech. And I wanted a natural birth with my first and I didn't because she was breech, which is very rare to have two breeches. I thought I missed something like I really did until I helped my sister with her birth and she, her son was not breech, but she labored for gosh, like eight hours hard. It didn't look fun. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You're I like, was very thankful for my C-section. Mm-hmm. Very thankful. Yeah. I d- do not recommend. Mm-mm.
0: I had, <laughs> Yeah. The first one I had a very small bout of labor with, but it wasn't. It, anyway, it was just, and the pain meds came right in on that one because it was way too early. I was, pain meds are that amazing. was twenty twenty six 26 weeks where I started to have my labor. So they were like, oh, oh no, no, no. We're going to stop this right away. So I didn't have it very long, but yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. It so anyways, crazy. going back to things, Sarah's book, The Yoga Parenting, is really, really interesting. And you were mentioning like how in the book she gives you like poses and how you can tie that into things. And it's a really, really cool book. So if you're into yoga, even, even curious about it, and you're curious about mindfulness and how to tie that all together, check out her book, The Yoga Parenting. I think it'll be very, very yes, helpful. Indeed. I think you'll enjoy it a lot.
1: And we have a link for you in the show notes. And while you're like on your device, can you go give us a review? Go give us a review on Apple Podcasts. We would love it. It helps the
0: podcast reach more people. And we so appreciate it. So So appreciate it. Yeah, they can't see my my prayer hands right now, but thank you so much. Every time a review comes through, we get an email and we read every
1: single one. Like it's it's amazing. And just pushing all the good vibes to people (laughs) who give us reviews. (laughs) So please, 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 if you could take a quick second to give us a review, we would so appreciate it. And until next time, remember the best mom's a happy mom. Take care of you. We'll talk to you later. Thanks for stopping
0: by.